0: It's true.
1: our hands to war, right? Put that draw on the Lord. Say, I want to be used like that. I want to be used right now. I want to be used in today. I want to be used right now. What's normal in Christ, not in religion, what's normal in Christ. Amen? I want to be used right now to display your acts, to display your ways. Well, yeah, as you're clapping, you're saying, God, yeah, that's me. I'm clapping and I'm drawing on it. I want to be used To display those mighty acts. I want to be used to reveal who you are. My generation needs it. My community needs it. Society needs it. Our world needs it. Amen. And as you're clapping, he teaches our fingers to fight and our hands to war. You're putting that draw. You're saying, God, count me in. Count me in. I want to be used. Use me to show your mighty acts. Use my family, use my household to display the works of God. Amen. Amen. It's the heart of God. It's the heart of God that we do so. Can you put John 9 up there for me? Let them finish when God's finished ministering through songs, through hymns, spiritual songs. He said, I'll praise him with the timbrel, with the drum, whatever it is. Amen. We're praising God. close, can you tell the Lord you appreciate them through a many membered body, through songs and hymns, through different people, spiritual songs, amen that's God that's life in God, those songs they're pneumatic, that means breath, that means God inspires them, it gives wind to them, we sing with our understanding, we sing in spirit also, amen amen if you're alive, tell your neighbor, amen (laughs) yeah, I love that Renee said, amen I'm more than alive. Amen. 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 You tell the Lord you're seeking His face. Let's enter in. I mean, there's a lot of holidays and a lot of things happen. And a lot of times people, we get distracted, right, from the real purpose, which is Jesus Christ. Amen. Tell the Lord, like, focus. Keep me focused through this season. Keep me focused through this duration. Keep me focused. The Lord said if our eye would be single, we'd be flooded with light. Say, God, make my eye single. Even in the midst of all these holidays, I'm thankful for being together with family and, and celebrating. That's a blessing. Amen. But I want to keep my eye on the prize Who it's about, amen Get focused in your heart We you Put your hand over your heart And say, God, focus me, refocus me Refocus me Yeah, refocus me right now Let me have my eye on the prize You know what, with every head bowed and every eye closed I just got a, a pretty big hit There's uh, there's someone in here right now that, And you've been at odds with God You've been at odds with Him There's been a wrestling match between you and the Lord And you're wrestling and, and He's Working in you, He's not forsaking you. He's working in you. He didn't leave you. He's wrestling in you to overcome this thing. It's a, it's a bit of darkness, and right now you're kind of resisting Him. But God wants you to submit yourself to Him and resist that thing that's making you that funky way that you're feeling right now. So every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm calling out, and I know you know who you are. And you hear that sound in your heart. I want you to raise your hand and break through out of this darkness into heaven right now. I'm not going to point anyone out. I'm just going I want to give you a chance to respond. Yeah, you're, you're cleaving to some darkness. You need to let it go. And God loves you so much that he's, he's, he's pushing and pushing and, and he's wrestling that thing out of you. So all you got to do right now is lift your hand as a point of contact and surrender. Say, look, it's enough. It's enough of this. No longer resisting you. I submit myself to you right now. And as you do that, your heart, watch what happens to your heart. It'll start softening. And watch what happens as light enters, darkness leaves. I would seize the moment if I were you. You know, like I said, it's all between you and God. I'd seize the moment. We don't don't do just services here. We're here for God. Amen. We're here to represent. We're here to further his will. And I'll leave that between you and him. I, I, I beseech you to strongly just respond. I would. Nevertheless, I'm going on. I want to put a scripture up there, Cain, and go back to John 9 for me. Isaiah chapter 9. I think it's the 6th verse. I think it, it starts that way. I'm looking for the one unto us. A child is born unto us. A son is given. Yeah. I want you to put this in your heart. And I want you to meditate it through this season that we're going through. And let's all read it together. For unto us a child is born. Say that again. For unto us a child is born. That's humanity. That's Jesus Christ. God came in the flesh. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. That's his kingship. That's deity. That's God in the flesh. Amen? I want you to go over this scripture through these these next few weeks to come. And ask God to show you light in this. Will you say this with me? Send forth your light in this. We're all about exalting the Lord during this time, every time. Amen? We can't reduce them or let them be reduced He's more than a holiday. He's the Holy One. Amen? A child born, a son given. There's depth in that. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called. Say his name will be called. Say his name will be called by me. By my household, by my family. His name will be called on. He'll be called. And, and a lot of the Hebrew, they'll take out all those commas. And they put it in one word. His name will be called. Wonderful. Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. They put it all in one. So I want you to get your Bibles out all through these weeks and just keep going to that scripture. And and I want you to to read it, and then I want you to pray it. Because you're going to learn something. And this next generation, I'm I'm really trying to equip them Is well, how do I get revelation? Read that word of God. It's a recited word. It's just a letter. But read it. And then take what you read and then just think about it a little bit. That's called meditating it. And then begin to pray it. Tell your neighbor, pray it. You will be surprised at the light, the illumination, the revelation that comes to you as you're praying the scriptures. As you're speaking to God that word. That he'll join your speakings and speak back into you. And you'll have an experience with God. Amen. Say it's for me. Tell your neighbor. It's the normal Christian life that we receive light and life through His Word. Amen? So take that scripture. There's your instructions. Read it. Then just sit down and think about it. Ask God for the light in it and begin to pray it and watch the light come with it. Say, I'm speaking to you, Lord. And then you're joined by speaking. Amen? That's just homework. Okay, let's go back to John 9. John 9. I'm going to go over here. I'm going to finish some of the things that we, we started on a couple weeks ago. and I want to go over that in John 9. Let's, let's start in verse 1. And Father, we thank you for this morning, first of all. First and foremost, we thank you for being able to assemble together. I want to thank you for the faithful people here. I want to thank you for the variety of gifts and their functions. I want to thank you for that, Lord, that you're glorified in your house. And Lord, continue to be glorified. We continue to make room for you always. We're your people called by your name, and we draw on you today, and we thank you for songs, hymns, and spiritual songs. We thank you for prayer today, and we thank you for answering prayers. Amen? Amen. I want you to write this down. This is just a nugget for you. Believing, number one, God's believings. Number two, faith's releasings. And number three, trusting, simple trusting. I want you to catch things so you can apply these things and live these things with God. I want you to know that there's though those definitions by people in Webster's, they put them all in the same category: believing, trusting, cleaving, uh, 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 faith. They put them all in one, but they're really not one in your experience. And when you came up today, when you start believing, it's a put this down. Say it's not a definition; it's an operation and a position: believing, faith, and trusting. They're not just definitions. They're positions that God leads us in when we're praying. They're positions of God. Because when you're believing God, that that takes your will. That's the first step you take. And and you say, I'm believing you. You're like David. You know, David started believing. He said, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? Is there not a reason for me to believe and stand against some of these things? Is there not a cause? That's believing. Say believing. A position, Not a definition, but a position of believing is that, you know what? God's moving on my heart to believe, and I will. I decide to believe. My volition is in my believing. Say that. Say, my volition. All, all of you. My volition is in my believing. Is there not a cause? So we, we take a step of believing, right? God positions us in a place of believing, but it doesn't stop there. He goes to faith's releasing. It'll change the position that we're in. So we're not just saying, I believe you, I believe you, I'm standing for a cause, I add my will to it, we start there, but then we go to the next step, say the next step, faith releasing. And David said, is there not a cause, I'm standing in in believing, yeah, I'm standing up for you, I'm standing with you in my believing, I've added my will to you, and then he goes, yeah, we're going to go a little further, faith releasing, say faith releasing. That's when I release what I believe. Then I release it, and David released a, a stone from a sling, and it had a force where God joined, called faith. Say, faith releasing. You're gonna, you're gonna get it. Yeah, I'm gonna release faith today. Everybody, wake up. <laughs> Too much turkey, I think, huh? Faith releasing. So it's not just believing. Now I'm releasing faith, and then after I take that stand, and God joins my release. Say, God, you join my release. You join what I just said, what I put action and set into motion. You join the sling that I'm swinging, not just standing, believing, but what I swung. You join that rock and give it force and fortitude to knock down giants in my life. Amen? Yes, He does. Yes, He does. And then after you're in that position, you'll find God positioning you into trusting. Say, trusting. Trusting's looking at God and saying, you know what? You are. Say, you are. You're sovereign. I'm using my believing. I'm using the faith you've given me. But ultimately, it's your sovereignty. And whether I fail or not, you're still God on this situation. That's trusting where I can rest in. That God's alive. Say, God's alive. In spite of me. Amen? So use those. As you get used to the Scripture and you start learning the Scriptures, the sense, Ann always uses the sense of the Scripture. You get the life out of it, you're going to move into the tense of the text. How is He moving me with that word? Amen? Say believing, faith releasing, simple trusting. More than a definition. Say more than a definition. There are positions and operations of God that you'll find yourself in. If you start the journey, wherever you are, I'm just making it clear to you to mark for you how to walk with Him in that. Amen? How many of you feel like you're just having to stand up for the cause? You made a choice to believe. Put your hand up. You're not there? Yeah? How many of you are already faced release? You you've released that stone and you're looking for God's joining and that power in that thing. Wanna put your hand up? Huh? Yeah, all right. And how many of you have done that and God's moved you and okay, now stand still. Just trust and see the salvation of God now. There's some rest in that trust. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, there's rest in that trust. Tell your neighbor. It's more than a definition. It's God's position, it's his operation. Amen? Amen. That's all free. All right. John chapter 9 we were talking I think a couple weeks ago last week we just worshiped God uh, it was a you know there was an ice storm and all that kind of stuff but we're going to finish in John nine here I'm going to finish these fragments here verse one and as he passed by he saw a blind a blind man from birth and remember I was telling you there's an increase of light an increase of light in our lives. An increase of light in the house. An increase of revelation. Say revelation. Say illumination. Say an increase of light. And that, and, and there's green pastures here and things are happening. We, you know, we're getting a lot of calls from different people that are struggling. And God wants them to have some light. Amen. I want you to personalize this scripture both for yourself and for others. And it says, and Jesus passed, he passed by and he saw. Say Jesus saw. I want you to know that he saw you and me. We didn't see him first. We were all blind at one time We were all blind And there's a, you're going to see the work of God in these two chapters John 9 and John 10 The major work of God was getting the blind men to see Say to see Illuminated with light And to get that person into his sheepfold Say his sheepfold Into his place with him Say twofold work In John 9 he begins And he says he passed by and he saw a blind man from birth Jeremiah says he knew you in your mother's womb. Before the foundation of the world, God saw you. God had a plan for you. Amen? These are, this is reality here. You know that if you came to him to a degree. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents? That's what they say. I want to make a shift, and I'm making a shift. I want you to make a shift too. Let's, let's quit being hung up on whose fault it is. And, and shift over to the displaying of God's work. I have to do that a lot of times because, and listen, I'm, I'm a guy that owns it, and, and you're a person that's going to own it. You need to own. When you transgress, as far as you transgress, you confess. That's the way of God. You need to own and be a responsible person for the fault or the sin that you've been involved with. Say, I own it. But you can't just live there all the time and always say, whose fault is this? Oh, okay, why, why is this? Why is that? we got to shift. Say, i got to shift i got to go to the display of God, not just whose fault it is. Amen? 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 That should make you happy because a lot of us spend way too much time, and I know I have spent a lot of time on where was the miss, whose fault was this, where was the miss, and God's saying, hey, make the shift right now. Tell your neighbor, make the shift. shift. Tell them louder. I need some help too. Make the shift. <laughs> make that shift. Not whose fault it is, but the display of God. So he goes on and says, and his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin? Or who's, that word sin means Mr. Mark, whose fault is this, This man or his parents? And so, so how long could he spend doing that, right? Well, it's a, it might be a generational curse because Arthur's grandfather's grandfather shot three guys. So therefore, that's why his mom took a bullet to the head. We could chase that forever, amen? You got to know the story. They're going to say she took a bullet to the head. Like, what? You got to talk to him later. But whose fault it is? We can chase things forever. Well, it was this reason and that reason and my great-grandfather and this. Say, stop it. That's enough. Say, stop it. That's enough. It's not about whose fault it is. He says this, Jesus. They said, whose fault is this? His parents, he, he, he goes, his parents was born blind. Let's see. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, whose fault, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? This is the Lord's response. And Jesus answered, saying, Jesus answered. And what did he say? Well, it was his grandfather. Huh? He said what? Say it again. He said, neither has this man nor his parents. So he said, I'm not going there, right? But, say "but." but. But, say but. But that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Say that with me. Say that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Tell your neighbor that the works of God should be manifest in you. Not whose fault it is, but the works of God manifested in you. Amen? In you. It says displayed in you. That's our focus, right? Say the works of God. Made manifest in him. Let's go to the next verse. And Jesus said this, I must work the works of him that sent me. While it is still day. What is he talking about? He's leading us in the light. Look at this. And the night comes when no man can work. Verse 5. As long as I'm in the world, I am. Say, I am. The light of the world. After he said that, after he's saying that, after he's speaking about an issue, you'll find that he'll always illustrate that issue. He'll show it. Say, show it. He'll display it. He'll show it forth. Amen? And when he had thus spoken, he spit that's King James says spat, <laughs> but he spit on the ground say on the ground And he's about to illustrate something and I as I was praying that out I said man Lord you use the ground in three major times You took the dirt in Genesis and you picked it up and you began to you begin to fashion and form man out of clay say out of dirt And you use that dirt and you breathed into that man And he became a life-giving soul Amen I thought about another scripture in John 8 that the Lord wrote in the dirt. He used the dirt again, not just to make man, but he wrote in dirt to stop mean and religious and evil men over a broken woman that was broken under accusation for being caught caught in the act of adultery. He, He bends over and uses the dirt. Say he uses the dirt. And he writes in that dirt something nobody knows. They all try to guess, but he wrote something in that dirt and used it and stopped the accusers from destroying her life. Say he used the dirt This one right here as I was reading it, it came, I said he spit on the ground He's using the dirt again Say God uses dirt And he made clay of it He made some clay And then he anointed the eyes of the blind man With that clay Say he spit in it Don't say it like that It's like an Irish guy right He spit in it oh, Say he spit in it When you look at what the Lord When you talk about spitting What's in spit? You, you watch Anna watches CSI And all this thing It's the what? All you policemen, come on, you got to come on strong with that. DNA, don't you check the DNA? He spit, that speaks of him spitting into that thing and speaking his life, his DNA into this guy. Taking him from darkness, say darkness, to light by the DNA of Jesus, right? That's what he does, that's what he does. And then he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. Next verse. And he said to him, go, say go. go, go wash In the pool of Siloam which is by interpretation sent and listen I want you to know in my experience and I'm sure in your experience we all came to Jesus he first came after us he we didn't see him we couldn't recognize him we never saw him he came to us he saw us yet we were blind and he came to us say he came to me that's how it works I wasn't looking for God he was looking for me tell your neighbor I wasn't looking for God he was looking for me He set things up in my life. I was too blind to see him. So he came seeing me to touch my eyes. And we start out with our relationship with God. We we start out, we're blind people. And we we might experience him to a degree. All of a sudden he gets closer. We're still blind. He spits in the clay. Guess what? He molds it. He puts his DNA on, on our eyes. And we're still blind. Say we're still blind. But we start out and we we don't know some people come to me say well I just felt this love when I called on his name and that's the beginning say that's the beginning That's a half blind man. Tell your neighbor. You're not half blind anymore There's too many people in society and where i'm meeting them that are still blind They know they had an obscure encounter with jesus. They called on his name. They say they may be going to heaven, right? But they're still blind They still can't see they see he's obscure. I, I remember leading people to the Lord, and they wouldn't go any further. They wouldn't take that step to go wash in the pool. They stayed there alone, and they kept saying, okay, well, it they, they starts out that way. We all do. God, we don't even know who you are. I'm having a hard time believing anything, but I believe you, and we feel and sense his love, his forgiveness, his redemption. But we're still blind. Say it. We're still blind. And the Lord said, no, I don't want you to stop right there. I want you to go wash at this pool, the pool that I sent you to. Tell your neighbor, I'm to go wash at the pool that he sent me to. And those people that I meet and I talk to them and I see them maybe years and years later, they see an obscure Jesus. So therefore, if they don't get to that pool that he sent them to, and let me let me let you know that he sends everyone to a pool. He sends every one of us to a pool. It's just not my experience or his experience or her experience. It's God's way. Say it's God's way. He will send you to a pool. The ones that wouldn't go, they're still half blind. I see them years later. Still half blind. And the sad part is, as they still are half blind, all they do is they feel around and they say, well, I think this is Jesus' beard. They're distorted because they can't see. And they distort others with that. And then we get this weird hit in Christianity, this weirdness. This crazy fanaticism? Or we get this crazy legalism and dead letter that Jesus Christ is just knowledge. I I felt Him one day 30 years ago, but well, now He's just a theology to me. Or you get out there and and they go, I felt, I I can't see still, but I know His his presence is here, and wow, this must mean this, and they get fanatical. It's distorted. Say distorted. Because they wouldn't continue and get washed in the pool. Say, get washed in the pool. So they either talk about Him in a in a legalistic way or they talk about them in a fanatical way because they're still blind say they're still blind and the lord doesn't leave any of us like that we all come to him like that obscure but he's going to tell us to send us to a place say sent say sent place siloam which by interpretation means sent and he went his way what did he do say he went you got to go where you're sent you must go wash tell your neighbor i must go wash I gotta go where I'm sent. It is the way of God. When you meet Jesus, He's gonna send you to a pool to wash. And He went His way therefore and He what? He washed and came seeing. Say He came seeing. He started out obscure. He felt the Lord. He said, well, he loves me. And listen, you, you'll meet these people. They'll, they'll keep talking about that experience a long time ago. Tell them when you meet them, come to the pool that he sent you to. Go to the pool that he sent you to. So you see a deeper revelation. You really see who he is and not think who he is. Amen? Say he's more than knowledge. He's life. That's what this place, a major point of this place, young guys and young women coming here, the whole goal, Paul said, He said uh, this in Galatians 2 verse 20. He said, uh, how does he say it? I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Not I, say not I. It's not about the old I. He says the new I. The life I now live, say I now live, is by the faith of the Son of God. He said it's a living God. Say he's a living God. A living faith. A life-giving spirit. That's who you met. That's who you continue in. Amen. Galatians chapter three says, Now that he that works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Well, how does he do it, folks? Yeah, he does. Well, if we're hearing him, that must mean he's a living one, right? And that's who you met in the beginning. Keep following. Say, keep following. And have others come follow. If they haven't washed at the pool that the Lord sent them to, get them to get those things off their eyes. Don't let them stumble around half blind, not understanding. And say, I got this relationship with Jesus way over here now. No, no, no. Come wash. You got to see him. There's more to him than this, folks. Amen? And therefore he washed and came seeing. Next verse. And then the neighbors, therefore, and they which before had seen him, that he was blind, they said this. Is this not... Him that sat begging. Next verse. And some said this. And listen, I want you to know that there's a process in this. After you come to the Lord and it's obscure, He's going to send somebody to you. That's how He works. Say that's how He works. I remember when I gave my life to the Lord in my room, and that He sent men, a guy to me. I went. I don't know why. Listen, it's not because I'm special. It's just because I, I'm listening to God and going to the pool. And I gave my heart to the Lord. The next prayer I had to pray on my face on a rust red carpet was, God, I need a church. God, I need a church. God, I need a church. You think that was me? It's not me. That's how God works. I was, I had an encounter with Jesus, but he's still obscure. I'm still a bit blind. I don't get it. I just sense some things. I just said, something's changed, but I need, I need a church. Why am I praying that? That's the way he leads us. I need, what I was really saying was, send me to a pool. I've touched you. I can't see you. I'm a half-blind man, but I know there's something real happening. And so I prayed that prayer. And I remember me and Anna calling phone number at, I think it was 700 Club back in the day, right? And asked them, I I need a church. Because I tried to go back. Say, go back. I tried to go back to the religion That my forefathers were in. I tried to go back. But once you meet Jesus, you can't go back into an old wineskin. You can't go back. Because he's alive. Say he's alive. You can sit there in dead religion. But he's saying, no. I opened your eyes to see to get you in my sheepfold so you'll grow. And so I prayed that prayer. I called that number. Tried to go back to to that building. To that building. But there's life in you. Say life in you. And you've got to find his sheepfold. You've got to find where he is and where his voice is heard. Amen? That's how he ordained it. Lo and behold, he, he sent a, 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 a man to me. He came to my house, and I hired him to work for the business that I had. And, I, and he asked me, do you want to go to my church? I go, what's the name of the church? And he said the same name they wrote. It's called New Life Fellowship. And, I, and we, hey, listen, we were, we were dense and blind, but you've got to know that, oh, that's coincidence? That's God. Say, that's God. So God provided a man to tell me how to wash my eyes, and he told me where I could go to what pool I could be a part of. Are you listening to me? Yeah, you say, well, you're preaching to the choir. I'm always here, Craig. I'm always washing my eyes. That's good for you. But there's a bunch of people out there, say, out there, that are still half blind. May have started with Jesus. Some of them are 20 years long, and they need to get in that pool so they can see him more clearly. And some said, so you'll go through this process. And I've had people here, young men, come to a a, a meeting. They lift their hand in, in, in the place. They receive Jesus. They're still half blind. I said, come on in the pool. Wash your eyes. They come for a day or two, and then they go through the process that we all do. Say we all do. The process of religion trying to hammer you. I had that happen. My wife had that happen. They sent nuns to our house. Say, you you need to come back. I said, no, no, no. I gave my heart to God. We're not coming back. Oh, no, you're going to miss all this sacrament and that sacrament. I said, ma'am, I appreciate it, but I'm not missing anything. I'm going to follow God. We had to do that. Say, we had to do that. Say, I have to do that. Say, those people you're telling the gospel have to do that. Huh? That's part of the process right here, right? So he was blind. Say, he was blind. He went to the pool, and he washed his eyes, and he began to see, right? Right? And then what happens, religion starts attacking him. And I have people do that. They'll go, Craig, man, I, I know that the Lord, this is there, I'm quoting them. I'm, I'm just quoting them. I feel the Lord here. I feel him in my heart when things are said. I feel God's real here, but I gotta go to, my parents make me feel so guilty and I gotta go back. And I, I leave that to them. That's a decision you'll have to make. You gotta stand up for yourself. I can't tell you where to go. If you say all these things and you feel this way about God, you're going to have to have your loyalty to Jesus Christ somewhere. That's part of discipleship. And you're going to have to leave everything else that has a name. There's only one God, one name. Amen? One baptism, one faith. Our loyalty is to Jesus Christ, not to any name. I don't care what that name is. Amen? I know you know it. See, I, preach the choir. I am preaching preacher the choir. Go equip. Go out there and tell them. Amen? Some said, This is what the religion starts to He is like, he's others, and said, He's like him, but he's not. He said, I am, and goes on, next verse. And so they're making excuses. Therefore, he said, They unto him, How were thine eyes opened? Right? And he answered and said, A man that is called Jesus, say, a man called Jesus, made clay and anointed my eyes. And he said unto me, Go, he said unto me, Go, he said unto me, Go. I told this, I was at that hospital yesterday, and, and this one girl said, I really feel a lot of life when I go to the, uh, what's the name of your guy's group? The young group. I really feel that I can associate with other people. I really feel life and connected. And in and, and the other group I go to, I, I, I feel locked up, and I can't talk, and, and I don't say anything. I said, learn this lesson. Jesus Christ is life, and where life is, there's flow. And if you're flowing with one another, that's his life. Choose that over your obligation. Amen. Right, say he's life. See, the cool thing with God, and I want you to get this, if you're not listening to anything else, that God's life is a high life. Say high life. Say it's called in the Greek Zoe life. It's called the life of God. And when you gave your heart to the Lord, no matter how blind you feel you are now, eternal life came in you. His DNA came in you. That's what born again is. You received Jesus. You got his life. Say his life. And that Zoe life will help you in all manners of life. And get all the wrong out of your natural life. I was talking to a precious little woman of God, and she was saying, I'm, I was struggling with this area of my life. I've been struggling with some anger. I'm struggling with some forgiveness. And I know God's mad at me. God hates me. He's not talking to me. I said, that's not true. That's the wrong source. You got every scripture given by the wrong source. Don't you know he's never going to leave you he's going to work that out of you Don't you know that he's in you if you have unforgiveness. He has love working in you to get rid of that That's the way of God if you're fighting some type of hate He's working his love in you out of you so that hate comes out of you He doesn't leave you and say I just don't hear you anymore. No you evil child. No life is in you Love is working those things out of you That's the life of God and if you've been with Him for a while in your experience, you'll realize that. Every time that I come and I face things in my, say, soul life, say, soul life. The Bible calls it your soul life. It's, it's a lower life. But God's higher life conquers that life so you live life right. If you're going through, sometimes I'll get up, and I didn't do anything. I just went to sleep. I'll wake up, and uh, something will wash over me. Say, wash. And I'm telling these young ones, yeah, you're going to have feelings. Let them, let them come. Usually the source of that is dark. Let it go right through you. Don't buy into it and make a decision right then. Let it just, it goes through you. Say it goes through you. I forgot what I was going to tell you about life. Oh, so sometimes I, it says this, despise not. Say despise not. See, you can go through a time and you're with God and strong and all of a sudden that wave comes through you. All of a sudden despising means to think little of something. And you start thinking little and you start getting cynical and, oh man, I, I did this, but what about, and, and despising. Say, think little. God's life in you will start conquering the despising in you. He says, quench not the spirit. You're on fire with God. You're praying with God. You got the burning of God. Say burning. A lot of you young guys do that. You get the burning, the flames, the fire in God, right? Well, that burning is supposed to produce a light, an illumination in your mind. So don't stop with the fire, but Satan tries to quench that by some lie to your emotions, say it's a lie, if you let it go through you, life will start showing up in you to conquer that. Are you hearing me? So don't ever buy into Satan's legalism through the law. Say, well, you, though it is written, you did not forgive, so neither are you forgiving, you evil child. No, 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 no. The lie, I'm going to help you forgive. I'm in you. Say, I'm in you. Say, it's Christ in you. You didn't join a religion. You joined yourself to a living one. Say, a living one. And he works all things out of you. you got to catch it. I, I catch it easier now because it's 32 years. But when you start grasping that reality, you won't panic. And you won't buy into the voice of a stranger. you listen to the one who has the voice of many waters. That washes you and causes you to stand right back upon your feet. Say that's life's reality. And he answered and said, A man that is called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said unto me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed And I received sight. And then said they unto him, say, religion, where is he? He said, I know not. They brought to the Pharisees him that aforetime was uh, blind. And it was the Sabbath day. Say it's the Sabbath day. Who's Lord of the Sabbath? Jesus said, I'm Lord of the Sabbath. See, religious men, they observe a day, a a, a festival, a holiday. The Lord said, I'm Lord of that day. And the real reason for that day was that my man would have rest, that my man would be healed, that my man would be fed. And then that Sabbath to me, says the Lord. Not a day, a condition that he wants us in, of healing, of provisions being made. That's the Lord's Sabbath. Say he's Lord of the Sabbath. Not a day, you say not a day. It's amazing that he goes deliberately on this day and he smashes tradition and he breaks mindsets. I, I, I love that part of God, don't you? And it was on the Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay. He did it on purpose. You know he does everything on his father's purpose, right? He says that. I only do what my, I see my father doing. On purpose he did it on the Sabbath. And then again the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. And he said to them, he put clay on my eyes. How many times have you heard this story? I heard. I think I've read it three times, right? Don't you know in our, in our carnal souls, we're always asking over and over again? I remember when I first got born, that was the major thing that God had to conquer. And he still has conquered it greatly in my life. But I ask again. You know, I'm always asking again. Are, are you sure? Are you sure? Because I was the guy that was unsure. Are you sure? So how did he heal your eyes? Well, he threw a clay on him. He just said, okay. How did he heal his eyes? He threw clay on it. That's your carnal mind. When you catch yourself overdoing that, say, that's not God. I need to stop that. That leads me to crazy insanity and perfectionism. Huh? Then again, the Pharisees also asked him again how he received his sight. And he said unto them, he put clay on my eyes and I washed and I do. And I do. All right. Next verse. Therefore said some of the Pharisees, this man is not of God. <laughs> See, this is religion's baptism you're getting out of, right? Right. People are going to say things aren't of God, and that's not how we do it. We sing uh, four songs, but you guys are over here just coming up. You just made up a song. Well, yeah, they were inspired by God to make something. Amen? Well, that's not how we do it. We sing four, and we have a, a joke and a poem, and you're on your way. I'm just saying. Therefore said some of the Pharisees, this man is not of God. So what you're doing can't be of God. But where is God with this man? Because he keeps not the Sabbath day. As others said, and how can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? And there was a division among them. Next verse. They say unto the blind man again, what sayest thou of him? That he has opened thine eyes? He said, he's a prophet. Next verse. But the Jews did not believe concerning him. That he had been blind. Now, now, you're gonna, you know, you go through, <laughs> you go through all the rationale and the reasoning and no, that wasn't really him. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, I remember that guy in Iran that he was like this and that. That can't be him. No, that's not him. It's just not him. And received his sight until they called the parents of him that received his sight. Go on. And they asked them saying, is this your son? He asked the parents who you say was born blind. How then does he now see? His parents answered them and said, "We we know that he is our son, <laughs> and that he was born blind. We know that, but by what means he now sees, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know <laughs> who has opened his eyes. We don't. We know not. I got this King James. that's killing me right now. We know not he is of age. Ask him, and he shall speak for himself. I'm going to go to my Bible because I'm getting tired with the these and the thous. Twenty one. Is that where I left off? Ask him. He's of age." He'll speak for himself. For verse 22, his parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews. For the Jews had already agreed that if anyone confessed him to be the Christ, say the one, say the one, say Christ the one. There is only one. It's Jesus Christ. There's only one way. He was to be put out of the synagogue. Verse 23, for this reason, his parents said he is of age and ask him. So the second time they called the man who had been blind and said to him, give glory to uh, give glory to God. And we know that this man is a sinner. Verse 25 says, And then he answered, Whether he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know. I was blind. Say, I was blind. See, a person, if you have an experience with God, you don't get moved by all this crazy stuff. I was blind, but now I see. So they said to him, what did he do to you here? We go again, right? How many is this four times? What did he do? Tell us again How did he open your eyes and they answered and said I told you already see these are jewish guys So he probably said something like oy vey. I told you already Did I not tell you already? And they did and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? You don't you don't want to become his disciple too, do you? Oh, he gave him a little shot there, huh? And they reviled him and said you are his disciple, but we are the disciples of moses and we know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we don't know where he's from. In verse 30, and the man answered and said to them, well, here's an amazing thing that you don't know, where he is from. And, and he opened my eyes, and I know that God, God does not do, How's it go? And I know that God does, how does it say, we know, Say, help me out here, we know that God does hear sinners. But if anyone is fearing, and I, I'm all, my, my things are marked up, and I'm just going to skip the whole thing because it's, it's black ink. I can't win today with the with the King James in my black ink. Oh, is okay. Now I'll be here for now. I'll be here an extra hour reading. <laughs> you got it already, right? <laughs> let's go to the next verse. <laughs> Since the beginning of time. Okay. All right. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> all right. Let's go. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Let's go on. And Jesus, did, verse thirty-five. Jesus heard that. They had put them out in the meeting. They put them out. Said they put them out. And listen, listen, we we always go through people. There's lost people here, but there's also a lot of people have been put out of places. I I met a guy and his mom two weeks ago and said, I told him, you need to come to church. He said, yeah, we just got kicked out of a church. And I said, and it made me think a lot about this. And and they said, but my mom said, we'll never step foot in that church again, but we want to continue with Jesus. I said, well, come on. And he said, I'll be there in two weeks because he had some oil field schedule or whatever. I believe that. <laughs> Stop it. That's enough. <laughs> so he wants to continue on, right? But he got kicked out. And he, and he goes on and he says, uh, do you believe in it here?" in the Son of Man? And he, and he visits him. So Jesus visits him right now. Go to the next verse. And he answered, who is he that I might believe? Go to the next verse. And Jesus said to him, you have seen him. In fact, he's talking to you right now, right? So the progression of what you go through, and I'm going to probably close it here in a little bit. The progression of what you go through, you come to the Lord, you don't know nothing. You're blind, but life enters you. Then you go to the pool and wash wherever he sent you and uh, tell the people if they don't have a pool to get in a the pool, that they can begin to see him more clear, amen? And then they start knowing him more deeper, right? And then he said, he called and believed, I rely on, I trust on you, I cleave to you, and I worship him in the next level. Next scripture. And then Jesus said, I came to this world for judgment. He goes on. This course is the longest one ever. And I'm going to go to the end to make the sightless to see. Okay. Some Pharisees who were near hearing this remark said to him, are you also blind? And Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would have no sin. But because you now claim to have sight, your sin remains. And if you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But because of you, you insist, you don't see clearly. And you're unable to accept your guilt, right? So what he's saying is the guys that are high-minded and say they see everything, they're blind. So it takes some humility, right, to begin to see him. And it all started out that he's the light, right? And, And he wants to shine in our darkness. So I want you to stand up to your feet. And I want you to pray or write down these scriptures. I wrote them down for you. And one's, I think, Psalms 43. Anna, do you know where that verse is? Send forth your light and send forth your truth. 40, Psalms 43, I know for sure. I just don't know the verse. I'm looking for it. I want you to start praying these during this season that we're in. I, I, I know I wrote it down. I'm just looking here. 43, verse 3. Let's just look at it together. I want, that, I want you to make that a prayer. Okay, Psalms 43, three. Oh, send out your light and send forth your truth. Let them lead me. Say, lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and your dwelling. I want you to pray that, right? I want you to also be praying Ephesians 1. I think it's uh, 17. The eyes of your heart will be enlightened. And then I want you to start praying Second Peter chapter 1, verse 18 through 20. Let's just turn to that one, can you skip the other? Second Peter chapter 1. And I want you to just personalize it, start praying those verses right now. Remember how I told you you're going to read them? Say, I'm going to read them. Then I'm going to meditate on think about them a little bit. And then I'm going to pray those actual verses. I'm going to speak those verses to God and watch God join my speaking, right? So you get the impact of it. Uh, I'll just read it in my Bible real quick. And, and uh, Actually, I'm not going to read it. Just look at that scripture at home. And this is the concept of that scripture. He goes, hey, Peter's saying this. I'm paraphrasing. It's dark days. There's some real dark days, but you've got a more sure word. Say a sure word. I've given you a more sure word than I have when I had the mountain experience with Jesus on transfiguration. I've given you a more sure word. And he says, and it'll do you well in the middle of all this crazy scoffing and judgment to look to that word. Say, look to that word. It's like looking in, in the middle of darkness and seeing a light appear. And he says, start doing that. That'll keep your path straight right so close your eyes, and you're gonna pray with me say Lord Send forth your light and send forth your truth. I Want to see you they prayed like this Sir that we would see Jesus We sang all day Show us your face. I want to see your face And that means companionship that means fellowship That means intimacy. Lord, I want to know you. Just like that. Thank you for that. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.